Welcome to the Hot and Bravoed podcast. I'm Armin. And I'm Camille. And we're here to talk about <laughs> the season nine finale of The Real Housewives of New Jersey. Camille, I feel like the season started yesterday. Me too. And what a whirlwind. Such a whirlwind. Remember Andy's pre-season promise that this was going to be a great season? Mm-hmm. He fulfilled this promise. He didn't lie. He fulfilled his promise. And that is why he's Andy. <laughs> and you know, and you know, Andy has to play hype man a little bit. Mm-hmm. But he was being totally and completely honest. Really great season. I mean, I was happy with it. Very solid season. Just solid. I, I guess you weren't very impressed. I was impressed. I, it was a good season. Had me on the edge of my seat for sure. Um, too too much Danielle. Yeah, but. Can I defend Danielle's presence a little bit? She's annoying, but come on. We talk about her all the time. In that sense, she's reality TV gold. Yeah, I guess you're right. She Without her, carry a lot of the drama this yeah. season. You're right, you're right. Honestly, her delusion is half the fun. That's true. Honestly, this has been pretty good. I, I'll take it back. I'll, I'll give it a, a, you know, a four star. It's interesting that in Housewives Herstory, Season nines, it's crazy. Have typically, been so good. It's really crazy. Atlanta. Now you have New Jersey. Roni was very good. Uh, BH is looking to be great. Mm-hmm. I don't know about OC. I think OC. It was it was medium, but ten is what great. ten is what's what it's known for. But I've heard from you and Kevin O'Keefe that. Season nine seems to just have this tradition of being great. And it's like a weird, I don't know, like good luck charm or like yeah. something. But yeah, before we recap this episode, I just want to say about the whole the season as a whole, both Housewives editions were great. Yep. The new them. Housewives. Uh, Jennifer filled. and that, Jackie. You know, I really undersold this season. It really actually was a very, very good season. We got great new additions. I mean, somebody ended up in a pool, and that's always fully clothed. That <laughs> makes me happy. Un- unwillingly. Yeah, that's the key part. Yeah. You know, if someone gets into a pool, it's not that great. I'll be honest. But unwillingly gets pushed into a pool, now mm-hmm. we're talking. This isn't the best pool push on Housewives History? No. That belongs to Miami Season 2 forever. But this is... a up there and when i say it's up there it's because it is the maybe one of two so <laughs> but it does come in second place job. yeah it comes in hot second silver medals are <laughs> highly coveted by olympians <laughs> believe me and this is the olympics adjacent so oh, yeah. perfect but good season right good season great last episode yeah what a way to end it on such a high on such a high. I almost feel like, I, I mean, I know that party was set up to be the finale, but I almost want an epilogue that's Me not too. the reunion. And I the reunion's going like, to be great, but. 15 minutes, that's all. Yeah, just a little bit more. I just feel like there's so much left to be said, but I guess it will happen at the reunion, and I'm yeah. so excited for that. But What if like Margaret and, and, um, and Danielle make up next season or something like that. And Margaret's like, okay, like, I like ruined our friendship or whatever. Now you push me in the pool. 
It's like a baptism of sorts. Yeah, it's like, like a weird thing. Dip my head in water. This is the catharsis. <laughs> like, I honestly don't want this to happen at all, but I like the idea of it. You know what? We might as well get this question out of the way now that you that you hypothesized Danielle's return. Do you think Danielle's returning? And do you want Danielle to return? Well, this, the answer to the second part of that question is obviously no. Absolutely not. I'm good. Sayonara. Um, We've had enough of Danielle on Ronge, right? This woman literally has nine lives of house housewives lives. Nine house lives. <laughs> More like nineteen, but yeah. Sure, nineteen. <laughs> Solid reference. Um, but I have a feeling that it's not the end. I would like her to never come back, but I feel like Teresa's reaction at this party was just to like kind of foreshadowing in a way where it's like, I don't care if you guys don't want her like me to bring her around. That's fine. You don't have to be around. Yeah, they don't come around. Yeah. Me. It's like, okay, well, first of all, Teresa, this is insane that you're backing her so hard after you have no idea what happened to cause these people to push him in the pool. But don't die on the Daniel Staub Hill. Seriously. Teresa, didn't you learn this nine seasons ago? So here's my... You flipped a table for this. My dream world would be, because obviously we've talked about on this podcast, and you know I'm sure everyone's talking about this, it's like, what does Danielle have on Teresa? So there's all these rumors that Teresa has a boyfriend while Joe is in jail. And we kind of think that maybe Danielle knows and has proof of this and that is maybe why Teresa is like so chummy with her and so like ride or die for no reason and according to those online rumors Teresa is pretty open about her boyfriend to her friends Mm. but maybe Danielle is holding this information over her saying I will go to the press right whereas Melissa would never do that obviously her brother won't Mm. do that her none of her family will do that but Danielle? I wouldn't put a pastor. Could you trust Danielle? Never. No. Now, in my perfect world, if they do decide to bring her back, the drama for season 10 is that somebody finds out that Danielle was the one who told Kim D about Teresa's boyfriend last season. This is a new twist to the hypothesis. Yeah. I love this. Yeah. And so... Then Teresa finds out and confronts Danielle and we get table flip part two. And that is the perfect circle. I'm doing a square with my hands, but I mean to do a circle. And that is Ronge. And that's how they end the entire series. And it's brilliant. Clean 10 seasons. Clean 10 seasons. And it's just family and drama and Judice and Gorga. And it's brilliant. Okay, let's move on. Let's recap the finale before we get into the juicy stuff at the very end. Let's talk about what happened throughout because there were actually a lot of kind of loose ends that were tied Mm -hmm. throughout the episode. Um, For example, Jackie gives her mother a makeover, which was a really sweet scene. It was so cute. And her mom looked amazing. She felt really good about herself at the end of it. But... More importantly, Jackie revealed in that scene that she has actually reconciled with her estranged sister. Mm -hmm. And they've been estranged for like 15 plus years. I kind of wish we 
got that on camera, but... But I also kind of like that she... Like, I okay, I really like Jackie. I'm going to say, you know, my the season is over. I feel like I can fairly assess. I mean, I, I was assessing throughout, but I feel like she is kind of an ideal housewife in that she's not afraid to start drama um, or, you know, com- like confront people. But she's also, you know, she's likable and she's like kind of normal. Like that's the thing, like a lot of times with like a Teddy, you know, she's like very normal and she, you know, Teddy does start drama, but she kind of is in the back. Jackie's like willing to go after some of the, you know, heavy hitters. It was so gutsy of her to go after Teresa. And intelligently, like she's not going after her just to go after her. She's like, she knows how to defend herself. She knows how to like, stand her ground and I think that she also does a really good job of you know kind of providing a lot of insight and actually letting us get to know her and being vulnerable like we've talked about so much so I think that she's great and I like that she kept this off camera because that makes me feel like she is real right because that's kind of a fucked up thing to like not speak to your sister for 15 years and then you're like hey I'm calling you on camera, we haven't spoken, but you're going to be on TV. Like, that's kind of messed up. And I think she realizes that. Um, and, you know, probably, I bet she's going to come on next season. She deserves to. Um, maybe it'll be a storyline then. And maybe not. Who knows? But I feel like I'm still interested. I'm glad she's talking about it. Another housewife who has been vulnerable from the jump, Margaret. Margaret totally. Josephs, mm-hmm. new housewife last season, another great season in her second season, and uh, she's always been very open and honest about her life, and her mm-hmm. life is pretty messy. So <laughs> in the finale, Margaret is uh, talking to her stepson, Brett, mm-hmm. and asking him to reconnect with his father because he's been estranged from his father mm-hmm. for many years, and... At the end of it, he agrees to go to dinner, despite being you know estranged for such a long time. My only comment on this is that Margaret has such a complex family dynamic. Such a complex family dynamic. Because she marries Jan, who already had kids. Mm-hmm. She becomes the mother to these kids. And then, of course... She has an affair with Joe, and she has this ugly breakup with Jan, and then she becomes estranged with some of Jan's kids, yeah. but then there's this other faction, I guess, like <laughs> Brett, who becomes estranged with Jan, and, and they're loyal to Margaret, but Margaret just wants everyone to be happy. It is so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, Margaret's own family could have its could have a spin Truly. And, and I think one thing that... Um, you know, these two have in common is their like willingness to be like open book. Like they're yeah. not trying to hide anything. And that's, I think that's what makes them so enjoyable to watch is that they're not trying to like put on this front. Like things are messy in real life. And like, you know, they're like, well, this is just what happens. And like, this is it. And that's why I kind of really love this like kind of faction that's happening. This like alliance between the two of them. Um, right. And I think that that's obviously going to carry on really nicely into the next season. Jackie and was like, defending Margaret so hard. And I think even more so is that because of um, Melissa's and Jackie's alliance, it's going to bring Melissa into the fold. So things are going to get really like 
tumultuous, especially at the reunion, because, you know, they're literally on opposite sides of the couches. Yeah, I feel like that's already been established, to be honest. Totally, it has. But Because Melissa's so anti-Danielle, she's been defending mm-hmm. Margaret when Teresa's been going after Margaret for, you know, the wine toss right. and then the pool push. But I feel like it's it's more solidified. And honestly, Jackie and Margaret have seemed to be more unified than ever, especially after the pool push. Like, it yeah. seems like Jackie was really on her side. She really almost like, came out of nowhere in that sense yeah. because we haven't seen a lot of Jackie Margaret bonding but Mm -hmm. that's what I mean I feel like Jackie from afar saw Margaret as another very logical yeah rational almost kindred spirit yeah I think they're two peas in a pod I think they're such a cool duo I'm excited to see where they go speaking of two peas in a pod Dolores and Frank Catania I have to say I'm sorry but they are perfect they are perfect for each other but in this episode Dolores tells Frank that she needs a change of environment. She wants to move maybe to an apartment, maybe into David's. But she says that she just has to leave that house. She needs a change. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Are we maybe nearing the end of the Frank and Dolores duo? They will always be connected, obviously. They have kids together, and, you know, they're still working together with the house flipping business, but they won't be living together any longer. I'm really sad. I'm not going to lie. Do you think Frank is going to stay in the house? Remember Dolores said, Frank, you could stay. Can you imagine Frank like alone in that like fancy little house? Fancy little, not, not the right Maybe word. he stays just hoping one day Dolores comes back. He like keeps her room exactly the same. He's like, if you ever want to come. I'm not sure if this is like cute, hopeless, romantic or extremely sad, hopeless, romantic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I mean, at some point, as Dolores said, she needed to move on and she finally felt ready to move forward, make a change. And as she said, it wasn't Frank holding her back. Remember, she clarified. She told Frank because he's like, am I was I holding you back? And she said, no. I was holding. How, doesn't that just make you love Frank even more that he asked that? <laughs> Frank can do no wrong except maybe steal some money from his clients, but that's here, neither here nor there. There's attorney client privileges. Yeah, they, they all okay? got the money back. It's not a big deal. Um, I just hope that if she moves out, Frank can still have an equal amount of screen time or more. Yeah, I don't think it's going to really change their relationship. It had better not. But she does seem to Bravo needs to to give him a spinoff because that man needs to be on television. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Catania's Corner, Catania's Cul-de-Sac. There's an alliteration there. Cul-de-Sac is the worst. (laughs) Well, that's purely if it's a house flipping show. I thought we were doing Let's Be Frank. I like Let's Be Frank, but then where's the house flipping angle? There is none. It's just an advice show. But what if he just flips houses that are on cul-de-sacs? That's the worst. Just think about it. Camille. No, let's think be frank. This one. He changes his job. It's really cute. We okay, love wait. it. Yeah. You know how Wendy Williams right now? <laughs> bring Frank. She's out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Wendy Williams will forever have a spot on the Wendy Williams show, obviously. We're getting, but we're seeing like <laughs> really? Ma- Michael Rapp, a poor host of the show. All I'm saying is there may be a talk show host void. Let's be frank, the talk show. That's what I was thinking too. Law advice, bodybuilding advice, 
general therapeutic advice. It's like half Dr. Oz, half Dr. Phil, half... Financial advice. Oh my God. Don't spend your money on boats and whores. <laughs> that's, that's, by the way, that's really great advice. Seriously, I know we've made fun of it, but that's really good advice. Yeah. Where's definitely. your return on, on the investment there? <laughs> Where's the ROI? Touche. Boats rarely Let's appreciate. Frank. Let's be frank. <laughs> Let's be frank. TM. 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 Um, <laughs> what else happened in this episode? I'm well, trying to remember besides more. The... This was a jam-packed episode. Like there said, was no. It was like a tough. lot of like, it was a lot of like density. Melissa okay. confronts Joe about how he reinforces gender stereotypes. That's good. He ultimately says he'll support Antonio, but I'm not buying it, Camille. Joe Gorga, he's so old school. He needs to be a man and apologize. Apologize now. Yeah, no. Great, weird stage scene about, <laughs> you know, trying to tie up the loose ends. That was great. That was fine. Look, it was staged... Of course. All reality <laughs> TV is staged. The cameramen need to know sure, to show up. Right. You got to mic them up. But the sentiment was real. Yeah. He was throwing a lot of shade he at was Melissa being really and her rude. business. And Melissa, good for her. She's like started this new business and it seems to be doing really well. So I applaud her. So Joe, And Joe could be really demeaning. Joe, fall in line. Yeah. Come on. Be supportive <laughs> of Antonia and Melissa. Yeah. Okay, we got to talk about Jennifer's party. Who? Where do we begin? I mean, off the bat, it's awkward when Danielle and Marty walk in. The the ladies try to tell Teresa that Danielle is a problem. Mm -hmm. But according to Teresa, Danielle is only toxic if you're toxic to her. And and honestly, this is like where we see Jackie really voicing her opinion on Danielle. And this is what I really like about Jackie. She says, um, you know, she's like telling Teresa that she thinks that this woman is toxic and she's clearly a manipulator. And Teresa's like, what has she done to you? Like, why are you, you know, going so hard against her? And Jackie's like, she doesn't need to do anything to me. I've seen what she's done to other people and that's all you need sometimes. That was such a great line, mm -hmm. and we've rarely seen that sentiment articulated. Yes. Although, ironically, you know who did in last season of Ranj? Who? Margaret. Uh, of course. Mm -hmm. Remember Margaret's whole analogy. Mm -hmm. We won't get into it, yeah. but her whole You're analogy right. that was highly scrutinized, and she shouldn't have gone with that in that particular yeah. analogy, but her whole point was... That even if someone treats me well, if they are a horrible person, right. then it doesn't matter that they treat me well. Right. Because I'm going to look at their character holistically. God, and then in that same breath, she was friends with Danielle. Yeah, well, she learned. <laughs> she Eventually. <laughs> at least she learned. She That's learned. That's all that matters. But it, it is funny, though, that Jackie is... A fan of Ranch. Yeah. We know this. I think she's admitted to it. So I wonder if she was influenced by Margaret or if this just if this is just a perspective she's always held. And, right. and maybe that's maybe that's why she liked Margaret. Because true, she true. watched last season and was like, All right, yeah, yeah. I share the exact same mm -hmm. thoughts on this. Whatever it is, um, they both agree. Yeah. 
they both seem to agree that, look, just because Danielle is treating you right doesn't mean she isn't treating everyone like shit. Right. And you shouldn't enable that. Right. Teresa's delusion is unbelievable. So she says... It's really intense, this episode. It's really... It's beyond... Yeah, it's never been this bad. Mm -mm. You know that Danielle... See, this is the thing about Danielle. And and we see this when Danielle and Teresa are talking at the fire pit. Danielle knows exactly what to say to get Teresa going. And that is why I think that um, Danielle has been in her ear, especially before this party. Like, I think she was in her ear saying, who knows what, really trying to get Teresa, you know, to, to side with her. You are Teresa Judice, and you don't let anybody tell you what to do it's like who's telling her what to do they just said you can hang out with her as much as you want we just don't want to be around like what but danielle knows how to exploit teresa's ego 100 percent. she's so good in the worst way and that moment when they both at the exact same time go history's repeating itself Mm -hmm. and it's like what history is repeating itself Teresa's like, well, I won't let, you know, anybody manipulate me like Caroline and Dina once did. And I'm like, this is not history repeating itself, Teresa. This is revisionist history. Yeah, exactly. Because also, Teresa, you were just as much a part of that as Caroline and Dina were. Yeah, we are literally recapping season one episode to episode on Patreon right now. Yeah. And Which BTW, check out if if you're interested. Check it out. Teresa is, we were just saying in the latest recap, Teresa is arguably the nastiest. Mm-hmm. and She's almost leading the charge. Exactly. Like, Caroline is probably leading the charge. Yeah, yeah but more subtly. But Teresa's like, Danielle's a garbage person, mm-hmm. and she's like really going in on Danielle. She's the loudest. We were saying yes. that, right? She's, she's the, loudest. the loudest. for sure. Caroline is, you know, behind the scenes, kind of orchestrating a lot of things. But for Teresa to say that is totally revisionist history. This is not history repeating itself. People are not ganging up on Danielle. Danielle is bullying everyone and they're just reacting. But honestly, Teresa's just living in the Twilight Zone and she doesn't know what Twilight Zone they're living in. That's the quote I wanted to read. (laughs) I mean, I I don't have it exact, but paraphrasing. I don't know what Twilight Zone they're living in, (laughs) but it's not happening around in this Twilight Zone. (laughs) so funny at least she admits she's in a twilight zone. seriously at least she has that recognition um and it sucks because i don't want Teresa to be on the side that i'm rooting against like i'm still rooting for Teresa, but i'm like Teresa. like i feel like i'm dolores like i'm just like Teresa. right please wake up from this this like weird spell that she has you under we're all dolores we're all dolores we're in so many ways we're all dolores (laughs) yeah that should be i love that so let's get to the boys because what happens with the, the boys, boys, the boys, the Jersey boys, Ugh. because what happens with them is what leads to just the iconic moment after iconic moment, because it's actually a series of iconic it's moments. So good. They're playing poker and Joe is just not having it with Marty. He calls him a dick. <laughs> He's like, this is way past the point of getting along. They decide to take their fight outside. And Marty wants Joe to apologize for what Joe said in Bimini, where he actually was talking shit about Danielle at the bachelor party. But I just say he was giving him a 
giving him a fair warning. I mean, he yes. was just being a good friend, but you know, Marty doesn't see this at the time. <laughs> he just saw it two months later. Also, didn't he, wasn't, wasn't Marty throwing the drink on him punishment enough for what he said? Like, why does he need to apologize again? Yeah, exactly. And in the moment, the Joes explained it off pretty well. Yeah. They were like, we're just, we were just testing your resolve. We were just testing you to see if you really loved her because if you started <laughs> to talk shit, then you didn't really love her. So I don't know why he was still holding resentment for that, but it I guess it's because he could sense that what they were yeah, saying was yeah. the truth. Yeah. I mean, him and Danielle literally got divorced like, what, six weeks after that? Bloop. So Joe is like, I'm not apologizing. <laughs> I want you to apologize because of all the horrible things uh, that Marty has said about Margaret. Mm-hmm. And and that's actually legit. That is so warranted. And it's really, it's honestly horrifying, all the stuff that he says. But what does Marty decide to do? He decides to double down. Yep, save and more shit. He says Joe is jealous of him and wants to be him, which like what? is preposterous nobody wants to be you marty i, no, I promise sorry, marty. i'm sorry <laughs> no really nobody wants to be you soaking wet in a pool with your your phone broken your shoes so like we just we don't want to be you no chilling then he starts to claim that i don't even want to say this it just it's so disgusting want me to say it? No, I'm just <laughs> but he starts no to, it is horrifying he starts talking about you know margaret saying you know she has no breasts which is so weird. It's just like the weirdest thing. Like it also feels like he he. Like, what are you saying, dude? He's been coached. Clearly, this is not something that he would naturally say. Like, it's just so bizarre. I don't even want to say it's juvenile because it's disrespectful. Yeah. To juveniles. Exactly. <laughs> it's just like so weird. It doesn't seem natural. It seems like he's reading from a script that he's or like he's he's reciting a script that he's memorized. Um, it's the gospel of Danielle. It's the gospel That's what of it Danielle. Is. Danielle honestly could start her own cult. The cult of one. The cult of 19. <laughs> Damn it. Bloop. Okay, all right. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, all right, Have a good it. night. Um, he also says because of that, Joe is always oh, staring at Danielle. Can you please read the oh, most iconic oh, I'll quote? I'll get there. Okay. Oh, I'll get there. Okay. I'm I just sorry. Gotta set it up. Just so excited. So Marty's saying that, you know, Joe is staring at Danielle's body and <laughs> Margaret comes outside and Joe tells her what Marty said. And Margaret says, who would say that about somebody else's wife? Seriously. Which, by the way, I have two comments on that. One, exactly. Who would say that about somebody <laughs> else's wife? Two, shout out to Margaret for the composure in that moment mm-hmm. because you, she could have easily reacted and been like, fuck you, get yeah. out of my face, you're a piece of shit. Or cried. But she just attacks the logic yeah, of it. Exactly. Like, who would say that? Who would even say this? Mm-hmm. Like, And that's just classic Margaret. Like, we know yeah. Danielle would just pop off screaming in your face. Teresa would throw... Flip a table. a table. I guess what happens next kind of counters <laughs> yeah, right. this that point. But, you know, I still, I still stand by that point. <laughs> but, anyway... <laughs> In this moment, she is composed. In this moment, she's composed. <laughs> you know, at some point, you get pushed beyond your limit. Okay, people? Yeah. So, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so, Margaret says, Who would say that about somebody else's wife? And Marty goes, Because I'm promoting the beauty of my wife. <laughs> 
That has to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard somebody say because I'm promoting the beauty of my wife. So it's okay for me to talk shit about you and your appearance and body shame you and say your husband's jealous. Like, I love how his idea of promoting his wife's beauty is just trashing other women's (laughs) beauty. That's not how it works, Marty. No. Okay. um, In this moment, I see why they are a match made in heaven. That lasted for three weeks. Exactly. (laughs) So the shouting match ensues and Marty starts yelling some vile shit. Mm -hmm. And he's saying stuff like, oh, Margaret's going to bitch slap you, Mm -hmm. Joe. Because, you know, Margaret just emasculates you. you. Ugh. And that's when it has to go down. We Honestly, get the pool push heard around the world. Surprise, it took them that long to push. I mean, I would have pushed the guy um, the moment he walked in the party, <laughs> honestly. It's a preemptive push. That's that's what it's that's called. Always, it's a preemptive push. It's a PEP. Oh, a P- preemptive push. Okay, okay. <laughs> Who knew? Um, do you want do you want to recite the next few lines? Please. So iconic. Wait, should we do a back and forth on oh, this yes, one? Oh, yes, let's. Are you Danielle or are you Margaret? I will be whoever you want me to be. Okay, I want to be Margaret. (laughs) Okay, you be Margaret. Your husband's in the pool. Who threw my husband in the pool? Me and my husband. I mean, I want to clap this up. I'm going to drop my mic and clap this up. Talk about composure. She just threw a grown man into the pool. I love that it was... Which is perfectly a, little... a 50-50 push. It was yeah, yeah. Joe and Margaret, just such they a team both, together. They're such a team. Good for them. Ugh. I mean, honestly, there are few moments where you could push somebody into the pool and still have people siding with you. Like nobody could be mad at you except for the lady in the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> like, like nobody could the be mad at you. The two ladies and the guy who was yeah. pushed. Um, like the estranged wife. The now estranged wife and the lady in the twilight. <laughs> That's like the only two people who will be mad at you. But you know, if you freeze frame the shot, the moment that they both combine to push Marty in the mm-hmm. pool, it's Joe's right hand. It's Margaret's <gasps> left hand and it forms a heart. <laughs> okay, I totally made that up, but can okay, you imagine? Like, Wait, can you imagine? the weirdest thing for you to have noticed and also like that you find like romantic. It's kind of romantic. You know what? Here's it's, the thing. You know, yesterday was Valentine's Day, and uh, <laughs> that was kind of romantic. Well, all kinds of feels. Um, yeah, I just think, like, it's just, it's very telling about, it obviously takes someone a lot to get to a point where they feel like they, they want to push somebody in the pool. It's not cute to do that at a party that's not your own party, <laughs> you know, especially. Um, it, it does, it, there is, like, some kind of taboo associated with it you know it's embarrassing a little bit but to be like i am so fully on her side yeah and i have no i i'm not at all gonna make like i don't have any um you know i'm not second guessing it for one yeah i'm not second guessing it i'm not gonna be like you know you shouldn't have pushed her in the pool but you were right too it's like i mean marty was repulsive push that man in the pool, push him in the hot tub, push him in the pool. When he tries to get out of the pool, push him back in the pool. Like, who cares? This guy sucks. And he's married to one of the worst people. So, who cares? Well, not anymore. Well, in this moment. Right. But the most insane part to me is that Teresa is just 
right off the bat, this pushes her to the edge that she sees that Margaret pushed him into the pool, does not even care what got them that repulsed, that angry that they felt like they had to push the guy into the pool. And and that to me, just like, I don't know, I just feel like Teresa has been mad beyond her limits. Teresa has been pushed to the edge. And I feel like typically Teresa, if she wasn't being brainwashed, would have been able to kind of relate and understand that. But ever since the wine toss, ever since Danielle has like gotten into her ear, she's not able to even, I don't know, relate or kind of try to empathize with her. I really hate the Real Housewives trope of if you didn't do anything to me. Yeah then I'm totally okay with you. Yeah. Like, I, I will have zero criticisms of you. It's just weird. It doesn't make any sense. I'm really excited to see this reunion. I think it's going to be really crazy, especially since it kind of just ends at, you know, the season ends at this, like, boiling point. Yeah. And so now we're going to pick up, pick up right kind of where we left off. And we don't, we don't, we haven't seen the resolution of any of this. When is the last time a season ended with that high of an intensity? The like, leg toss? I'm, I was yeah. just going to say, I'm thinking of Eva leg toss. I'm trying to think. Like, that was absurd too. The leg toss and yeah. the season ends like 30 seconds later. What else compares? Uh, so it would be with leg toss. Maybe the Tamar wine toss just would be thrown in there just because that was, I think that was the finale. But definitely... Season one, Beverly Hills, Kyle and Kim in the limo when we get, you stole my goddamn house. And then Kyle goes, you're a fucking liar, liar and alcoholic. And there, there I said it. You're a liar and alcoholic. So that is probably what I would put at the very top. It's it's kind of rare. To... But it is rare. It is definitely like a gem when we get yeah. there. Because... Even in seasons with major feuds. Oh, and season one of Ranj. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. <laughs> of course. That goes without saying. Yeah, yeah. But right, right. like, of course, recently in the last season of Roni, we had a major, intense, fiery feud between Carol and Bethany. Mm-hmm. And even that, by the time they filmed right. the finale, they were cordial. Right. And they... You know, were at least feigning that they could try to mend the relationship. They weren't cool with each other, but they were at least saying that they could maybe make mm-hmm. it work at some point in the future. Right. But for it to end like this, mm-hmm. like on an explosive note, it doesn't happen too often. It like four really or five doesn't. times, a handful of times mm-hmm. out of like fifty seasons. It's really crazy. This is this definitely is just like such a boiling point. It actually just it's kind of it's kind of interesting if you think back. It's kind of almost poetic. Just that the way that it started was like right off the bat Danielle got pissed at Margaret for going to something with Dolores and ever since then it's just been building and building and building Wild. and building and building and building and building until a pull push. Which you go Margaret, you go Joe, like do it. I'm here for it. Push somebody else in the pool. By the way, Camille, can you believe that there's been about 50 or so Real Housewives seasons? 
Is that real? There's been 13 seasons of OC, mm-hmm. 13 of Atlanta. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's 26. 10 of Roni. That's 36. 9 BH. 9 Ronge. That's another 18 on top of that. And then that's... you have like 3 of Miami, 3 of Dallas, 3 of Potomac. That's crazy. And you've watched all of them. And I've watched all of them multiple <laughs> times, unfortunately. I have not. No, but. fortunately. Very fortunately for me, because honestly, I could watch that. Like, I could watch, I could probably watch Jersey seasons two and three once a year for the rest of my life. Those are some great seasons. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, three and four, right? Five is great too, when Joes collide. Five is really good. I that, love like, that episode. That, like, Apologize now. That like three season arc is just when Melissa and Joe Gorga come on the show. Yeah, oh, it's great. It's so good. Okay, let's end on this note, Camille. The rose and thorn, but not of this episode. Uh oh. Of the entire season. (gasps) Okay. Well, do you want to say our thorns? (laughs) Okay. I want to say. My thorn of the season is also my thorn of this episode. <laughs> Me too. Okay, we're going to go three, two, one, okay? Okay. Three, two, one. Daniel Stout. <laughs> <laughs> That's such an easy thorn. If I y'all mean, don't get it by now. Come on. Catch up. <laughs> we may differ on our rose, though. Yeah. So, Camille, who is your rose? God, this is hard. I... Oh my god, this is really hard. Do you? Have I know one? mine. Okay, say yours. My rose of the season is also my rose of this episode. Margaret Josephs. Ugh, that's a good one. Loved the pool push. I mostly loved how she handled the whole season. I think her biggest slip up was talking about Jennifer's brother right. and saying that he had a mail order bride. That was messed up. Yeah, right, right. But for the most part, she gave us some great highlight moments. Mm-hmm. In her many, many, many lunch and dinner battles, whether it's between her and Jennifer or her and Danielle or her, Jennifer and Danielle. I think that's a really good pick. And I probably agree with you. Um, I think everyone had a really strong season. So just to be different, I'm going to go with Frank Catania. (laughs) I love it. And I'm not kidding. So at me. Do you have a housewife? So I guess I guess if I was going to say a housewife, I'd probably say just because it's rare to find someone um, who comes in like a new housewife who has such a solid season, I'm going to say Jackie. Super honest and like ready to get into it and not like afraid, not going to back down. Um, just I think that she played it really well this season. So I'm going to give it to her because she's a newbie and I really like it's rare to see a newbie have this, you know, successful of a season. Well, Camille, we're not done covering the Real Housewives of New Jersey this season. Nope. We still got a three-part reunion to go. We are Can't going wait. to do recaps of each part and i can't wait because i feel like they're going to put a lot on the table and we of oh, course i think so i've seen in the preview that Teresa may have an update on her relationship with joe Ugh. and i'm sure that's going to make some headlines oh without a doubt i mean this is going to be a crazy reunion to match this crazy season 
Well, Camille, this has been so much fun. Listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. And we hope you join us next week. Bye.